back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things South. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to go follow us on all social media accounts, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, be sure to go get us on the website, miserable-reckless.com. We got blog content and a shop there for you to find some merch for Country and Cold Can. It's not quite Miserable and Reckless yet, but definitely check that out if you want to support the other podcasts that I do. And uh, then check out the YouTube channel, coldcansnetwork.com. Click the subscribe and the alert bell. And, you know, while you're at it, you know, this is a podcast. So wherever you get your podcasts, we're basically available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts, we're available. Give us five stars and great review. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick us off this week. Sure. <clears throat> I got a good, great, and ugly for you. Uh, go to, I'll start off with uh, Virginia Tech Baseball. They made it to their first regional, super regional in program history, which is pretty cool for them. Um, Excited to see them. They got to face against uh, Oklahoma this Friday. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I'm sure they'll have a great weekend in this Virginia Tech sports. So anyway, uh, great. Uh, another episode of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the books this past Wednesday, yesterday. And it was actually pretty awesome. I'm excited to see how the end, the, uh, the six-part series, although I hear that they're renewing it for another season. So it'll be interesting to see where they take it with that. And my ugly, um, as I mentioned in the group text the other day, I was going to meet with my boss to see about switching the payroll back to being bi-weekly and not every fucking week. And uh, needless to say, as I was told, the steam on that ship has passed. So um, life for me continues to be miserable. That's it. I wondered when you didn't respond. Yeah. That's okay. All right, Dustin. Good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, well, I got a good, good, and ugly for you. First good. I know y'all enjoy these updates weekly, so I'm going to keep them coming. Shower higher. This, uh, this week... He, uh, he hired a general manager for Duke basketball. That's right. Duke basketball has a general manager now. Okay. Rachel Baker, who uh, formerly is of Nike, now at Duke basketball. Who knew is, Duke uh, paid more than Nike? Hey. <laughs> he, it's a new era in basketball. Her role as general manager is to specialize in helping players enhance their personal and professional skill sets, capitalize on strategic partnerships, including NIL opportunities, and work to support players in navigating the opportunities and challenges that come with being a student athlete at the highest level. This is what uh, apparently Coach Shire was talking about with NIL opportunities. He literally hired a person to ensure that there are plenty of opportunities for the athletes to come. So. Happy to see it. Here's the deal. We've talked about it a bunch. College sports are professionalizing. The whole landscape's changing. You got to get on the train now if you want to survive. He's making a lot of changes. He's doing a lot of good stuff. I think he's putting them in a position to, to excel in this new era of college sports, and I'm happy to see it. Um, you know, just one more thing with that. As much, you know, Coach K will always be my favorite, but it is a new era, and it is interesting to see that new perspective come in in this crazy time in college sports. 
So anyway, second good, Logan alerted me to this. His boy, Parker McCollum, went down, uh, played in Raleigh recently. He went down to Carolina Beach after, which in the words of Miranda Lambert, if I get a message to him, and I, he probably listens to this, I would imagine, we should be friends. So love it, man. He writes songs with Miranda, so he probably does listen to this. He did retweet me twice in the week leading up to his concert, so he probably listens to this. Boom. There you go. Well, we should be friends, Parker. I, too, love Carolina Beach. Would happy be happy to hang out with you there. My ugly is I don't want to do this, but I have to. I got to talk about Jim Harbaugh. And I got to give him – I got to give him – I got to say something positive about Jim Harbaugh, and that's the ugly part about it. <clears throat> this past week, he, uh, because they made the playoff last year through his contract, he got a million and a half dollar bonus. Instead of taking the bonus, he's using that money to split it out a bunch of athletic department staff who work uh, with football and just across the, the board. Um, a lot of these folks ended up taking pay cuts over the past couple of years because I have like departments, budgets got slashed. So he basically is just sharing some of that bonus money with them to help try to make up for that. I hate to give the man credit because I just don't want to give him credit, but that was a good move, Jim. It's, it's good of you to do that when you could have just pocketed the money yourself. So the one nice thing I'll ever say, maybe not ever, never say never. Right. But one nice thing I will say about Jim Harbaugh is he did a good thing there. Yep, I give him, I give him that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I guess that's good for Coach Khaki. But anyway, back anyway, back to hating him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Michigan sucks. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, um, With that said, fuck the big blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Good, bad, and the ugly. Dustin, are you saying when I come to North Carolina next week, I should bring my duffel bag? Because it sounds like the people that are coming to North Carolina will be bringing lots of duffel bags if they'll be coming to Durham. Just saying. Opportunity. There aren't duffel bags anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. That's the Carolina It's all above way. board. It's, it's taxed. You get payments. It's, they probably get 1099 forms and tax attorneys and the whole deal. I mean, it's, yeah. there's nothing illegal going on. Yeah. Dustin, the reason he said duffel bags, because like I said, it quote Dean Smith's title of his book. That's the Carolina way. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> saying. You're, you're stuck in the old ways. We were embracing the new reality of college sports and you're stuck in the old ways. You think they want bags of cash. They can make way more money in the light of day than they can under the table. Sure. Sure. Under the table. And he's not. hundred <laughs> dollar handshakes and all that. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, well, I'm proud of you guys for bringing it, you know, to the forefront and just being so white collar about it. You know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but anyways, uh, <laughs> good. Um, I'm going to go full on for the ACC here. I watched Packer and Durham for about three minutes this week and I already got my, uh, already got my stat of the week and I turned it off and I said, that's enough for me. Thank you very much. The ACC for my good. The ACC is the only conference to win a championship in football, softball, basketball, sorry, baseball, men's basketball, and women's basketball since 2015. You may as well add in double championships for the uh, men's and women's lacrosse in there in 2016. 
case you wanted to uh, keep track at home. That's Duke in basketball in 15, Clemson 16 and 18, North Carolina basketball 17, Virginia basketball 19, uh, Notre Dame women's basketball 18, Virginia baseball 2015, the lacrosse championship already mentioned in 2016, and softball 2018. So literally F to D every other conference in the entire country. Um, in case you're wondering why we talk about the ACC so much. Um, That's why. Conference of champions. Don't forget individual championships in wrestling. NC State has a couple of those. And we've got some people that are going in track and field, from what I understand, that, that just started up this week out in Eugene. So uh, Florida State's going to be putting on a hell of a show out there. So let's see what happens with the baseball tournament, and uh, we'll go from there. But anyways, just trying to keep it classy like those fans in Boston last night. And uh, S&D. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm directly referencing the Celtics and their, uh, their love for Draymond Green. Um, <laughs> look it up. Uh, Google it, as the kids say. Um, my bad is very simple. Uh, my bad was going to be something completely different until this happened last night. Uh, the place that I went to with my wife one time for our anniversary, and it's a place that we really uh, fell in love with the first time we went. It is here local to Annapolis. It burned down last night. I don't know what that says about our relationship <laughs> that we went there one time and we went there on our anniversary, and now it's no longer in existence. I really hope it comes back. The name of the place was Sailor Oyster Bar. And uh, it's on West Street here in Annapolis. And I thought that it was a really cool spot. And I think it's a bummer that it burned. So that's my bad of the week. And in my ugly, um, Logan and I exchanged a little bit about this. But the, uh, the Live Tour responses, for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about and thinks Live is a club in Miami, um, <laughs> Live is a new tour. Club in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a golf club started in Saudi Arabia with Saudi money that comes directly from the Saudi government um, as part of their public interest program or whatever they, however they, whatever, whatever way they wanted to put lipstick on a pick. And um, the, it, it's kind of interesting to hear the justification about growing the game, how yep. we're all innovating. Um, the bottom line is, and I do mean the bottom line, these people are getting paid a ass ton of cash to go over there and play. Um, so I had a quick question, and I don't know if this is appropriate, but I was curious if somebody offered you guys on this podcast, say $100 million to do something that may or may not be an ideal situation, but may set your family up and everything else. But you would have to kind of be booed when you went in public and people kind of thought poorly of you. Um, would you do it? Yes. Michael, yes. Hold on. First off, first off, is it the same scenario where it's coming from Saudi Arabia? Sure. If you were no, involved, fuck, you would fuck do it. no, fuck no, no, fuck that place. No, there. sorry, you excuse my language. Sorry, you can erase that part later. But, <laughs> um, no, I, 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 and the fact that these people are going over there and taking money from this country, this government, that just says a lot about uh, their character that they'll do anything for money. Which is funny because I read something about the same situation. I'll be quick. They asked, "Well, okay, if Putin, I think it was something along the lines of Putin had a uh, a tournament, would you go play for him?" And they would they wouldn't answer the question. Mm. They they refused to answer yes or no. As a public, sh- as a public relations major, that's the right move. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But at, at what point? I guess I'm trying to say, at what point is, is my, when you look at the money, do you go, oh, I'll take the money, or is my ethics and morals more important? 
This is my issue with that. Yes, I'd, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather dig ditches than take money from people like that. I'm sorry. Call call me idiot. Say I'm. I'm no, full no, of no, crap. no, no, no. Someone said, that. "Here's a billion dollars to Tiger Woods. You would take it, Morgan." No, like I said, I'd I'd rather dig ditches and barely feed my family than take money from Russia or Saudi Arabia. Morgan, I respect that. I do. I, I do. Sorry, I, I disagree feet, with you, but I, I respect put my that. feet down somewhere. Hey, people, when someone throws money, people and some people react differently to money being thrown at them. No, I, I get that, and like I said, I reiterate for a third time. I respect that. I really do. I would take the money. And the reason I would take the money is because the Saudis are not that much different than the Russians. The Russians are not that much different than the Chinese. And the reason I say that is because the Chinese have a deal with the PGA. So anybody that works with the PGA, if you want to talk about dirty money, they have dirty money involved. Uh, You want to talk about the NBA, LeBron James gets tons of money from the Chinese because of the NBA having a deal with the Chinese. Marvel, Star Wars all have deals with the Chinese. They remove people that do not fit the bill. For anybody that fills with what their cultural aspect is in China on their uh, movie posters, when they put them out there in China, you know what? They remove those people from the movie posters. So, I, Morgan, I do really respect your opinion on that because I think that is the moral position on that. However, not going to say I'm that strong. If they're offering me like they gave Dustin Johnson $125 million guaranteed plus an opportunity of the purse, I'm taking it. They gave Phil $200 million is what it's rumored, uh, plus opportunity yeah. at the purse. I'm taking that. And then on top of that, they offered Tiger, Greg Norman, who is the founder and the CEO of the Live Golf Boy, Tour. Almost a billion dollars, right? Almost a billion dollars, yeah. And yeah, Tiger I turned it down. That. I, I yeah. get that. But you also understand that they're like uh, they're free to do what they want under the PGA Tour rules. What I was hearing about this new agreement with the Live Tours, they pretty much own you, so you can't really just take off whenever you want and go take vacation or anything. Like, do you? It's a, it's a shorter schedule, and on top of that, you can still play in the U.S. Open, the Open that's um, the British version of yeah. that. And you can also, uh, I believe as of right now, it hasn't been banned that you can play in the Masters because those three, uh, the four majors, those three are gotcha. not run by the PGA. PGA Championship, obviously by the PGA. But when we have American sports like the NBA, we have American sports like the PGA Tour that have deals with comp- uh, countries like China, don't think that it's that different uh, to do deals with the Saudis who, who are funding it. When it comes to the uh, soccer and F1, have lots of deals with the Saudis. WWE have lots of deals with the Saudis. Like, I agree with no, I, did not I, I agree with you, Morgan, on the principle of it. But if they're going to pay me guaranteed, you know, nine-figure deals to play golf in London, play golf at Florida, play golf in Portland, I probably would do it. I'm not going to act like I would, and I'm not that strong. I'd skip the Portland tournament. <laughs> it's probably a rain that day, anyways. <laughs> so, oh, actually, I, Angle, I don't think you're allowed to skip any of the tournaments if you sign a deal with these people. <laughs> I think you have to show up to every tournament that they have. That would be the most passive aggressive, petty way of literally if there was a tournament in St. Louis and I said, <laughs> No, I, I refuse I bet, to promise. It's and I, bet you there's a, I bet you there's some contract if you refuse to do one of the tours that they can take all the money back too. If, could you imagine? That would be amazing if someone came to me and they offered me $100 million. <laughs> I came on this podcast and I said I turned it down not because of my morals, okay? But because I hate the city as much. <laughs> so there was a comment made and the, the man who made this comment 
uh, is sponsored by Nike. So you can take that and run with it if you want to. He said, money can change the mirror you look in, but it doesn't change how you feel about who you see in said mirror. But see, this is my big issue with that. Why are we okay with doing deals with the Chinese, but not the Saudis? I'm sorry. They both commit human rights atrocities. If yes, we're going to get do. on our, our high horse about human rights atrocities that the Saudis obviously do commit, the Chinese do the same thing. So the PGA Tour has PGA Tour China. Why are we not talking about that? It's because you know why? We do business as a country with our government, with the Chinese. But guess what? They commit the same human rights atrocities. Sorry, money is money. Some worse. If, if we're going to, yeah, some worse. And if we're going to take blood money, I'm going to take the highest bidder of the blood money is what it comes down to. Because if, if the United States government, the NBA, the PGA are going to work with the Chinese, if I'm working with Greg Norman, who has a pretty cool polo, I mean, I'm not going to lie, their polo <laughs> shirts are pretty awesome. But if he's being funded by the Saudis, I'm going to take the money. Like, I don't think it's any different than LeBum James, LeBrick James, LeJoke James, whatever the, uh, the new name is for that guy who chokes every time he's in the playoffs. Like if, if he's going to be able to get funded by the Chinese, then I'll be funded by the Saudis. I don't think it's any different. The, uh, the guy who gave that quote was Roy McElroy and he's funded by Nike. That's why I said, look into Nike. And <laughs> oh, now that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was being subtle, but <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, uh, and I'm glad that uh, Justin brought up the, the NIL thing because I was going to close out with we have a good, bad, ugly. And I was going to have an unrelated, but now it's related. Speaking of people taking money, JJ Reddick, I just found out about this. He said he would, if back in the day, he would take, and I do quote what he said, his NIL duffel bag money, and he would spend it on Natty Light and Lacoste polos. And that sounds <laughs> like the kind of guy that I want on my team and I want to hang out with, even though he's a dude. <laughs> JJ is that dude. I, he, he always has been. He was my favorite I mean, Duke player growing up. He's it, that dude. If you're gonna spend the money, if you're gonna take the money, spend it on something good, right? <laughs> yeah. keep, in mind, keep in mind, he went to school in uh, 2005 or whatever. So the Lacoste polo with the collar. Uh, he did, he made sure to point out in his tweet that he would have the collar pop too because he is that dick. <laughs> <laughs> and back in the day when he would have been buying Natty Light, it probably would have been because when I was in college, it was 12.99 oh. for a case. So it oh, I'm probably sure it was five or six like ninety nine a case. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have been ridiculously cheap. We called it financial light for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like hearing that about that's, JJ. <laughs> good, that's good. That's good boat beer right there, man. <laughs> oh, that's basically water. not too not too bad on the stomach. Light, and you can drink a ton of it. Well, look, we have the explicit tax. I'm going to tell a joke that my. Uh, my buddy's dad says, he goes, whenever we drink light beer, he goes, whenever you drink light beer, it's like fucking in a canoe. It's fucking near water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, 83 man. episodes in, if this isn't the one that gets us canceled, I don't know what will be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, go ahead. And that ends my good, bad, ugly. <laughs> Hi, sorry for going off on a tangent there for me, good, bad, and the ugly, Ryan. Nope. <laughs> I asked the question. <laughs> All right, so that leaves me. So Dustin mentioned Parker McCollum uh, going to Carolina Beach. Saturday I went to his concert. Um, I, I have to make mention that um, two things about that. One, three years ago, I saw him at City Limits Saloon, which is now closed down permanently. So RIP to City Limits. but. 
it was like a few hundred people there three years ago. They showed it to his concert. Sold out packed there. Pretty impressive for a guy that wasn't on a major label at the time. He's a regional act. Fast forward three years. He sold out Red Hat Amphitheater, which has 6,000 wow. people. That's a big jump in three years. Like, that's impressive. Um, we had a good time. The second point about the concert is my younger brother went. Um, he's not a big concert guy. He thinks that if it wasn't more than a thousand people, it's not a concert. It's a show. And, um, <laughs> he, he gets there and he doesn't know a ton of Parker's music, but he knows one song and it's one of his best songs from the second album he put out probably wrong called misunderstood. And Lanny goes, if he doesn't play this, I'm going to be pissed. Well, Parker gets on the mic in between songs and he goes, you know, I've been looking at past albums and I'm enjoying playing this new record that I just put out a few months ago. He's like, but He's like, I got looking at the two past records, and I was like, I need to put a few more of the old ones in there. He goes, so I singled this one out, and this is the one that I need to play. He goes, it's called Misunderstood. I looked at Landon, and I was like, hey, and Landon was like, after he played it, Landon was like, now we can leave. That's all I came for. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah, it worked out perfectly for Landon that he got to hear that. But um, So fun time. Definitely check him out if he's in your town. But uh, second good, I uh, here in Raleigh, we have what's called the Midtown Beach Music Series. I went for the first time in like two years today. A lot of fun. They always have um, bands up there that say they're playing beach music. The first half of the set, when the older folks are there, and by older people, I mean like 60s, they're, they're playing beach music. And then by the time they migrate out, they start playing all the hits of Top 40. Uh, but it's still a fun time. You know, they have, they have local vendors around on the sides. Definitely, if you're ever in Raleigh, North Carolina on Thursday night, check that out. Um, I, I enjoyed going back. Haven't been in a while, so that was fun. Um, so hopefully, you know, next week I'll, I'll have some other friends. Leave it at that. Uh, going with me to that. But um, then it comes to my ugly. And this is of no fault. I want to be clear on that. Of no fault of anyone on this podcast. But uh, Morgan, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that 15-pack of Goose Island IPAs that? You said, hey, you'll drink these before I will. And you gave them to me when we left the camping trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I cracked the first one tonight Uh of that. I haven't drank one yet since the uh, camping trip. I cracked the first one tonight while we were recording. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching on YouTube and my head slides off screen, it's because that son of a bitch just decided to foam up on me and spill all over myself. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. So I wanted to explain that for the people watching on video, but hey, I did wanted to say shout out Morgan for giving me free beer. It's just taken me in my, late, in my late in my late 20s, it's just taken me a, a couple months later to get to it <laughs> than it used to. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what, I have I'm still working on a 12 pack of Yingling bottle in the in the fridge that's been in there for over a year. Oh geez. I just don't I just don't drink that much anymore, man. It just uh and, and not because I don't want to, but because I know the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. If, if I decide to get nice and toasty like we did on a camping trip, but I'm at home with children, <laughs> mind you, two two kids un- under three, one under two, that uh, and Dustin can can agree with me on this one. Dealing with that and a hangover at the same time is not um, not fun. I did it for like pass. straight last yeah, flat right. Feet. Yeah, pass. He passed. Yeah. <laughs> It's not fun. So when you start to drink that first beer, the first thought that goes through your head was, tomorrow's going to suck if I have any more than two or three. I get that. So hey, I look. just, uh, I save it for trips now. I understand that. I mean, but I got to say, shout out to Morgan for giving me uh, almost 15 
Goose Island IPAs that have been in my fridge, and I'm finally getting to the first one. But Morgan, <laughs> do not let You're your heart be troubled. I will get through them at some point. They will not go <laughs> undrank. <laughs> Can I point out that Morgan used a dad term without meaning to, I think, right there? He said he saves his beer for trips. They're not vacation. They're just trips. They're, it's they're trips. trips. <laughs> it's whatever trip it is that does involve dealing with a child at seven o'clock in the morning. I'll have a beer. Maybe I'll have 10. Who knows? That's a t shirt that would sell. If we had miserable and reckless on the front and then we had an overloaded car on the back with a haggard looking dad and it just said, no vacations. And underneath it just said, just trips. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be a good shirt. I would wear that. <laughs> yeah. Keep that, well, keep that you one did in have the back one of your vacation. head. You did have one vacation. You went to Charlottesville to camp. Yes, that was a great trip. That's where I did a lot of drinking. Well, that was a vacation. Well, you didn't have children. Yeah. It was a fun. It was a fun vacation. <laughs> All right. Best, so part, that... best part was when we almost had to walk home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you want to know what we were talking about, check it out a past episode of Miserable and Reckless, where we talk about the camping trip. <laughs> All right. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, once again, we're taking it back to the lawless wonderland that is the Sunshine State. We have a Florida or the field. Ooh. We've rolled back around to Florida or the field. So we're doing one of these a week. Some of the segments that you guys have uh, recognized in the past. So as we roll through the month, we'll roll through these segments. So for anyone that hasn't listened to this in a while or doesn't know, the idea here is we read a headline, we read a news article. We remove, hopefully, all the incriminating information out of it. And then we have the other three guys guess, and they do not know ahead of time whether or not this happened in Florida or the rest of the southern U.S. So we have the headline. Swim. Man steals jet ski, doesn't know how to operate jet ski. (laughs) This happened two days ago. And there's an awesome photo because uh, I'll just point out they have they have body cam footage. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But there's an awesome photo of the man on the jet ski, not knowing how to operate the jet ski. And the still that they've used underneath the headline is the gun being pointed at him by the cops who arrested the man for stealing said jet ski. So you just see a gun cocked <laughs> in the jet ski. I'll try and maybe, maybe I will. I you know I say every week I'll post something on the blog. Maybe I'll post the video on the blog. It'll be our first floater of the field video on the blog. All right. A 48 year old man, old enough to know better. That's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> although there's probably some 48 year olds at guys weekend that will, would, would at least consider this um, after a few beverages. 48 year old man was arrested after stealing a jet ski that he didn't know how to operate. I will also note, and I'm reading this verbatim, I will also note that he didn't know how to swim well either. (laughs) (laughs) Let me recap. The man stole a jet ski at 48 years of age, which, by the way, was in the water. Didn't know how to operate the jet ski. Also didn't know how to swim in the water. So he's, a man is his own island. I'll just point that out. Um, Around 12.30 p.m. on Sunday, deputies with the sheriff's office responded to assist the Beach Police Department on a report of an in-progress theft of a jet ski. 
the suspect 48 had been able unable to get the watercraft started but decided to float float away on it anyways uh, according to deputies a family was about to head out on the water for the afternoon but instead they kindly allowed deputies to take their boat over to the suspect who was still floating in the waterway trying to get the jet ski started the body cam footage can be seen below and there is a video of this on youtube um, in its entirety uh, Williams was taken into custody. That's the man's name. Was taken into custody without incident, and the jet ski was returned to its owner. The police went on to uh, their Twitter account and said, "Just want to say thank you to a family who let our deputies interrupt their Sunday afternoon to apprehend a suspect on a stolen jet ski." The sheriff's office said in a social media statement. <laughs> could have been Virginia. Could have been North Carolina. You know as well as I do, for those of you that have been there, all four of us now on this podcast, this damn well sure could have been Myrtle Beach. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it was the intercoastal waterway around the Wellington Wrightsville area. Hey, hey, Wrightsville Beach is a classy establishment. How dare you? Yeah, something like that. It's it's yeah. a polished that's a polished turd, is what that is, but <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a local who lived there, I'm surprised. I, I agree because people are like, oh, it's fancy, it's bougie. Like, I, I know the people who lived on that beach. They're far from it. They're just a classier version of this dress nice on Carolina Beach. That's about it. Exactly. They were nicer sandals <laughs> for the bar. Yeah. They both had the same amount of money. This one dress is better. The, uh, uh, there's a theme on this episode so far. Lipstick on a fish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know what? I always say Florida. The heck with it, man. I'm just going to throw a dart at the at the board and blindfold it. I'm going to say Halifax County, Virginia. No, this is an Oceanside place. Oh. The I was thinking it was going to actually be a lake. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of lakes in the south. The beach wow. department. I gave it away with the beach department on purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah, damn it. Yeah, I don't listen that closely. I'm mostly just chuckling at the idiocy of these things. I'll tell you, it was I'm not still terrible. taking the south. I'm still taking the south over Florida. One day they're going to come through for me. What do you think, Logan? I'm going to say true with what it's been so far. It's got to be Florida because this sounds too ridiculous to not be Florida. I wish I could I'm tell you this is Wrightsville Beach. WP, W, what is it? WPVD, I don't know, whatever. PD. There you go. The Beach Police Department was Wrightsville Beach. It was not. Um, this is from the hometown of Chase Rice. This is Ormond Beach, Florida. <laughs> Shocker. Shocking. This is what he meant instead of what you said last time about Beach Town. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. I've got a few in the can, and I've got a. I'll warn you guys. I've got a few in the can that have been crowdsourced, and not purposely, but they've been sent to me. And they're pretty good. And there's going to be some. We're going to go on a run. We're going to. It's going to be like Congress or or the presidency. All of a sudden, we're just going to flip, and it's going to go exactly in the opposite direction. You guys aren't going to see it coming. There's a few. There's a few from the field coming. I can tell you that. I just can't tell you when. Right, that's good. We have a twenty six corridor of the field. What did you say, Dustin? Believe it when I see it. Exactly. Or hear it, I guess. I don't, I don't see it, I hear it. <laughs> All right, so that's Florida to the field for this week. Once again, Florida, not this time the field. All right, so moving into, as we know, 
we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast. It's uh, college baseball and college softball season. College softball is a little bit ahead of college baseball, so they're all the way into the College World Series. Um, college baseball, we're going to get to it in a minute. But right now, we know we have one resident member who has been a ardent college softball fan who can fill us in on what's happening in the uh, the ladies' version of the game. So, Dustin, tell us about the CWS for the softball team. Yes, I've uh, been watching college softball for quite a few years now, so I'm what you would call an expert. Um, I'm going to do a quick wrap-up here, because by the time this thing's posted, this thing's going to be over. <laughs> the good guys, or the good gals, I guess, the good gals are all out. It's all bad gals now. What I mean by that, no ACC teams actually made the Women's College World Series. That's sad. That sucks. It, especially since we were just bragging on how awesome the conference is. Um, <laughs> so by an extension of that, I was like, all right, well, let me take a look at the field, see who I like. Well, I didn't like UCLA. They beat Duke to get to the Women's College World Series. They're also chicken, chicken other football. So, bunch of other schools I didn't like, but there was one in particular that I latched onto and said, hey, I'm cheer for these guys, and that's the Oklahoma State University Cowgirls, and I said, these guys, I'm going to ride them all the way to a title. Nope. Kind of like NC State, they just, they don't know how to do it. Why did I care? Why did I invest in them? Why did I cheer for them? I don't know. I guess I just wanted something to to be cheering for and 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 be on board with just jumping on that, you know, that bandwagon. Nope. Most appearances ever without a title. That is, that is what Oklahoma state has the most appearances ever in the women's college world series without a title. So who did that leave us with? Who did that leave us with? We ended up with Oklahoma, the Sooners, who are awful, boo. And then we ended up with Texas. Or it's down always. And OU's about to do it. They were up 6-2 before we came in here to to, pat, uh, to record this. Um, that's going to be back-to-back titles for them. That's back-to-back titles for the second time in like six years. Uh, this past decade has been all OU softball with a few folks stepping in here and there in between. Someone else please step up because it's no fun watching OU win especially when they play in Oklahoma city for these titles and everybody and their brother is there cheering for them. So that's my little bit of a grumpy college softball update for you. And uh, I'll be grumpy with you on that one. And I'll say this, I got to keep reminding myself, don't invest in the NC state like teams. Don't ever just, just let them go. Let them because they're going to disappoint. Unless don't even fall this upcoming year. So buy in, hammer that money line. But uh, Dustin, I, I saw something funny the other day on Twitter where it showed Oklahoma State football, Oklahoma State baseball, and then the softball team showed all the heartbreaking losses in the tournament and or bowl game. And then I quote tweeted it on the country and Coke hands uh, uh, Twitter and said, Oklahoma State, NC State, and showed the handshaking emoji because they are my brethren in uh out in uh, was it still water <laughs> is where they are so uh, i get them they get me so hat hats off to the cowboys and the cowgirls because i understand what it's like to have your heart ripped out every year and every 
every major sport that people watch on TV. God bless them. Because I try, I, I cheered for the football team earlier this, or I guess last year. That didn't work out. I was cheering, you know. Anyway, we've, we've covered that field. Anyway, so that's what it is. Oklahoma's going to win again, folks. Let's hope some, something changes in the near term. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year, but we don't want Texas winning anything because, like I said, horns down. Yeah, that was a no win right there. Yeah, Neither no team win. winning is the only option that was good. All right, so just like Ross Geller on Friends back in the late 90s, let's pivot. We're going to pivot to college baseball. We have four ACC teams um, left in the Super Regionals. Tennessee, the big dog, who had a hell of a year this year. They're still alive. Um, the ACC teams being Notre Dame, who's facing Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina, and then Louisville. I would like to point out one thing before I throw it over to, to the, uh, the guys that actually have a team still fighting. Ole Miss is in the Super Regionals. If you're trying to tell me that Ole Miss was a better baseball team than NC State, you're a lying bitch. Because <laughs> NC State was better than Ole Miss this year. And if they can make it to the Super, so could we. Um, leave it at that. Here's to the VT and the UNC guys. Take it away. Your teams are in Supers. So basically, look, you're, you're like uh, Will Ferrell from Talladega Nights. If you don't like NC State, then fuck you. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> that, that SEC bias, it just means more. Just you guys should have gotten in, and a lot of teams who even made it were like, this is bullshit. NC State should have gotten in. No, everybody with a sound mind, even Carolina fans that I know personally, yeah. were saying they're like a second year in a row. You, even they're, they're like whispering State, to me. Even, and I hate Florida State. They actually did something right. They're like, this is bullshit. Oh, their coach was very, very vocal yeah. about it. More than our lazy ass AD who does nothing, who I can't figure out why he has a job. But even yeah. Carolina fans who I know, they whispered to me, they're like, hey, for a second year in a row, you guys got screwed in baseball. Like, <laughs> I had multiple UNC fans say that. When Carolina fans are willing to t- tell an NC State guy, hey, I'm like, y'all should have been in there. It's, you know, the, yeah. the fix was in. But either way, it's, it's not an NC State segment. It's about the ACC. It's about tech. It's about, unfortunately, UNC. You guys are in the Super Regional. So uh, what are your thoughts moving into Supers? Ryan, you're used to this. Te- uh, Morgan, Tech, this is their first trip. This for, the is record, very f- for the record, I, before we move on. Go ahead, on. UNC. You do everything else first. Nope. <laughs> for the record, that's not what I was saying. I was about to give Logan his two. I was about to get I'm, taking, I'm just taking on the UNC's got to be in the spotlight no matter what. I know. I was going to say I was actively rooting against Grand Canyon <laughs> because I felt like they were the team to F you guys out of the tournament. I can't root against Ole Miss, and I had to feel bad for you in some way, so I just actively rooted against Grand Canyon and texted you probably more than I should have the entire game about how I hated Grand Canyon. I appreciate, I appreciate the sentiment, but the, the committee said it came down to NC State or Ole Miss. Well, you know how, you know how it feels. So. I don't know. No, 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 no. You, you, we know how you feel about Ole Miss football, or better yet, Lane Kiffin. Uh, what does Ole Miss baseball – how all of a sudden are you an Ole Miss baseball fan? I was enjoying Ole Miss baseball last year. We can go back and check the tape. I was talking all about how they were throwing beer in the stands. And I was having a great old time. <laughs> and gentlemen, add another college hat to Ryan's wall of Team C has rooted for for a long time. 
Let's see. Who is it now? It's USC, not just an Ole Miss UNC, helmet. He has an Ole Miss baseball uh, Ohio State, <laughs> uh, Navy, Ole Miss now. USC, USC Oregon. Who else? Oregon and their 50,000 jerseys. USC back um, in the day. If I get a when you talk when when you talk like in the top both. when you talk footballs in the top when you talk footballs in the top five in a couple of years it'll be a Utah fan. Um, <laughs> Urban Meyer is apparently going to try and get back into football, going to Bowling Green probably in another year or two. He'll be a Bowling Green fan. Not a huge Urban Meyer fan. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> Just winners. Yeah, Col- and, and 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 beautiful colors. True. Okay. <laughs> Like that awesomely beautiful Kelly Green of the Celtics. Uh, last Ryan, thing I'm Ryan, Ryan, why why are you a USC fan? I like the colors of the jerseys. <laughs> Had a lot to do with Reggie Bush. I know, I know. Circling thing, back to getting the bag, by the way. <laughs> last thing I'll say is I still want to spend a Saturday in the Grove in football season, but yep. you know what? Based on you know them getting let in instead of us, I'm with Dustin. The coin is not just the coin sucks. That's why we switched to the wheel last week, and the wheel will be back, people. The wheel will be back because Alan Jackson got screwed. Ole Miss, you know, you can take a long walk off the short pier as far as I'm concerned. They're not the Pirates. Okay. <laughs> well, the Pirates are still in the Super, so they might have to walk the point. There you go. <laughs> Good segue. Morgan, go ahead. Your team is first time ever and getting this far, so you get to go first. It's exciting. I will say that uh, for Tech to get to their first Super Regional. Um, they've had a pretty good year this year. I mean, they got, you know, they won the regular ACC. Um, so their softball team is pretty awesome. Just wish they would have gone further. But, you know, Florida had other plans for them in that series. Um, I'm excited. You know, I don't. I wish it might have been somebody else. I mean, Oklahoma, they've got a good team this year. Um, was it Friday at 7, right? I think so. You're hosting. Yep. yep. No, hey, I, and I like that they've been showing up pretty damn decently for for the Hokies uh, ballpark this year. I think one announcer was uh, – it might have been done to ACC. I don't know. When, what, I can't remember. What, I have to go back and look. I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. They were talking about the um, the atmosphere that they were at at the game at Hokies Field was just as great as any other atmosphere they've been at during the College World Series playoffs, which is pretty decent for them to say because usually when you think of Virginia Tech, it's Lane Stadium and lately uh, Castle Coliseum. That's about it. So the fact that these fans are now – transitioning and bringing that same energy to their ballpark is, is pretty pretty cool to help out the the other teams in the uh on the field so i'm excited to think to say that i think they'll, they'll win and and take a trip to further this uh i'm not gonna put my foot on that one yet because at the end of the day it is virginia tech and i'm just gonna sit back quietly and look from afar with an eye closed and just kind of like, hey, maybe, yeah. Can I, can I open both my eyes yet? So that way when I'm disappointed, like I always am with Virginia Tech, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to get too excited. I don't kind of get my hopes up. That way I'm not disappointed when the usual outcome happens. But 
Yeah. In terms of the fans being at the stadium, my uncle, as you guys know, but my uncle is an alum, all yep. my cousins. Pretty cool guy. He got his tickets to the game that year. Did he? Didn't he? Or no, that was, I'm sorry, that was not him. That was just another person he knew, right? I don't remember at this point. I know we went. Um, it may have been my brother, actually, who was in the area for a while. Um, but um, uh, I, I texted him. I was curious because he's got, he had three kids that, my cousins, that all went there. Um, yeah. my, aunt, my aunt went there. So I was curious if they flew over there or drove over there for the game, and they said no. But I'll be curious. I'll check in with him again this weekend. We'll probably go down and see him at some point um, uh, this summer. And I'd be curious to know if they go to the baseball game. It's a pretty big deal. So. Morgan, I'm going to say that my allegiance is with two teams in these supers right now. It's with Virginia Tech, like-minded brethren in Virginia. And then Mm -hmm. also I have too many close friends, two of my best friends um, that are, you know, went to Greenville. I I don't hate ECU. I'm pulling for the Pirates. I am like I I was pulling for him. Chase's wife got mad at him for watching the game at the Parker McCollum concert. And when he went to the bathroom, she looked at me and goes, you need to talk to your friend. We had our first night away from uh, having not having our child tonight, and he's over here watching baseball while we're out. I'm just like, ah. he goes, well, you high-fived him. I was just like, oh, okay. But either way. Yeah. Teach your own when you get a night out from your kids, man. Whatever's going to make you happy, man. I know. Maybe, I know, but, maybe you should talk to your husband. I was like, yeah. look, look. Maybe I, you should go do what you want to do. I love Melissa to death. I'm not going to say anything disparaging about her, but chase you know i get it so it's like you know i'm pulling for the pirates pulling for the Hokies. we'll see what happens i like our odds but at the same time it, it it's virginia tech so well you're ranked and, four and and, and the unless you truly root for virginia tech sports you really just like oh you gotta root for a team you gotta have hope for your teams like yeah Spend a couple of years rooting for Virginia Tech sports, man, and and you'll you'll get where I'm, where my my head is. I get it. So many years, so many years of their football team of Frank Beamer, they got into the top ten, top five, only the following week to fuck it up against teams like ODU, ECU, you know, to name a few, James Madison, you know, it just or James, yeah, JMU, it just. Morgan, I get you, man. It's I, tough I to it's tough to say. Just, I, I could easily sit and go, yeah, we're just gonna go in there and beat the snot out of Oklahoma and, and ride that trip over to you know to Omaha. So go Hokies go is what I say. Uh, well, all right. Speaking of uh teams that have not been there for the first time. Um, I have a feeling it's Tennessee's year, no matter what. Notre Dame's got a tough, tough task ahead of them this weekend. Um, I don't feel that bad for them since they haven't joined the ACC yet. Football, exactly. So. They're not ACC. <laughs> but uh, uh, you have two teams that aren't in the South: uh, Stanford and UConn playing each other. Oregon State and Auburn. The aforementioned. I'm going in order. The aforementioned number four Virginia Tech hosting Oklahoma. Number five Texas A&M against Louisville. East Carolina against Texas. That'll be kind of a rubber match between the eight nine seed there. Hopefully the Pirates win. I've really enjoyed. I went to UNCW. We don't like the East Carolina Pirates, especially when they come to our baseball field. Um, 
I have a little bit of history of rooting against them, screaming all sorts of obscenity. Um, <laughs> Morgan, that, that's all you need to know. That laugh is all you need Kate, to know. <laughs> Kate, Kate, Kate Sabir on the out uh, in yeah. the outfield and having security guard come out multiple times telling us to keep it out and it would be how the cops called. <laughs> There's a hill behind center field, technically behind left, left center field at the, uh, I think it's Brooks Field. In Wilmington, which is the baseball field. Oh, God, that was so much fun. And you can sit a couch on top of the hill, and then you can see from the couch, sitting down on the couch, into the whole field. And there's all sorts of things when you're done with your beer that you can throw. And They were purple, so that's an easy target. Anyways. The, uh, the fun fact yeah. about ECU, though, is they have the longest streak of most super regional appearances without a trip to Omaha in the country, historically. Uh-huh. So a part of me is are pulling for my boys that went there. A part of me is kind of like, okay, like you get the rug poured out from under you every every year. I kind of want you to fill it again because that's how it is for me. So yeah, good good for you to give them some props. I'm not gonna do it. (laughs) I I like watching the fan base go nuts. It's it's all they have to cheer for because Navy comes down and whoops their ass every year. (laughs) Football. <laughs> so we'll keep moving on. Uh, that brings us to the 10 seed, which is North Carolina. They're playing Arkansas. Need I remind you mm, that um, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> Arkansas is not a bad baseball team. So we are hosting. You don't say. <laughs> we are uh, we are hosting. Uh, the one stat that I'm hoping is remains true. Carolina has won six of the last seven super regionals that they've hosted. Nice. So, uh, Hopefully that, that shines through for us. And in the last Super Regional is Southern Miss versus Old Miss. I could sit here and talk to you for a half hour about uh, – I could sit here and talk to you for a half hour about Carolina baseball. I'll tell you that if you would like to know um, who the best player on the team is, the center fielder, he's going to go in the draft probably uh, shortly. If, I doubt he's going to go this year. He's a freshman, but uh, he'll go shortly. Um, he's got speed. He's got power. He can hit. Uh, his name is Sam Honeycutt, yep. and one of the best pitchers for Carolina is actually their closer. And I'm blanking on his name. Your two star- starters are studs, though. And and also, it, it's uh, like, the one note about the center fielder is he hit something like, I want to say it's going into the ACC tournament at the end of it, he had like 21 or 22 home runs as a freshman. Um, Tommy Tanks, the transfer from nc state now at this point he set the all-time ncaa record at like 26 so he's not that far behind the guys as a freshman so like your center fielder is a stud he's a 2020 guy 20 stolen bases 20 home runs as a freshman like guy's gonna be a stud over the next couple years while he's in college davis palermo is the closer that i was thinking of um he's pretty solid he's our closing pitcher We've also got, I mean, look, I'm not trying to undersell the other guys. We've got Dan Soretti, he plays shortstop. We've got uh, Angel Zarate, who hits what seems like to be 600 bombs. Um, one problem that I have with the baseball coverage, uh, we really positively need to stop calling everything that's a home run of bombzilla. It's stupid. It's, <laughs> it's, it's dumb. <laughs> so it's amateurish, it's childish. And obviously, these college athletes are not amateurs anymore. So let's stop using terms why don't we call it other things like dingers or no. <laughs> the, 
to be the old guy get off my lawn about the bombzilla is pretty dumb when we've called him every other thing under the sun <laughs> over the years. So that's did I miss anything? There's the Mississippi in-state game. But those are your 12, 14 teams. 12 of the 16 teams are Southern if you can't protect school. I'll point that out. So, again, I know you're sick of hearing it, but I guess if you listen to 83 of these podcasts, you got Stanford, UConn, Oregon State, who's always very good. Not the, I don't want to see have anything to do with Oregon State. Wait, uh, you're telling me that Oregon State is still alive. Okay, okay. The history yeah. there between UNC and uh, the Beavers. I'm pulling for, I've switched my allegiance. I'm an Oregon State guy until Carolina <laughs> is eliminated. Oregon State and Carolina is, for those that don't know and don't care, just think New York Giants, New England Patriots. That's all you need to know. <laughs> just, that's the one team we don't want to see. Or, or a Buffalo Bills against anybody in the NFC. Yeah. East. <laughs> <Sure>. so, <laughs> They always find a way to eke it out at the end, and, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. So Carolina baseball, my prediction is it'll be close. Hopefully the home crowd pushes us over the edge. We are ranked higher than them, but Arkansas is no joke. So when I come on next week and I say we got blown out two games out of three, uh, we didn't have to play the third game, and everybody just went home and enjoyed their wine and cheese. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then um, uh, well, sorry. hopefully Tech carries the banner for the ACC. That's, that's what I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping to get – I'm just hoping they win the first two games and send Oklahoma back home. Dustin, the perfect way to end this segment, because obviously you're more of a softball guy these days than baseball. Um, what is it that is the Arkansas football teams uh, saying they do? Oh, the Woo pig. Woo pig, baby. Let's go. Arkansas all day. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to call the hogs? I'm calling the hogs. <laughs> I mean, as long as it ain't Carolina, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm only gonna pay a half a half a bit of attention to this by looking at the ticker every now and then being like, Oh, did Carolina win? No, yes, and then that's it. That's all I that's the the only thing I care about. I would like to see the conference do well outside of Carolina. That's my general feeling about life. But for me, it's outside of Carolina and Wake Forest. Did did the conference from Rutgers did 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 they have anybody? You did, I, I will say this: you did mention UConn and powerhouse baseball program. UConn beat the conference of Rutgers champ, regular season champion. So on their home field, who was that? Maryland. But if you look at our friend's uh, Instagram story, he claims that they were it was stolen from them. He doesn't know what stolen is until you make it and you haven't been eliminated until something stolen? is actually stolen from were, you. Were there some bad calls or something? Um, it doesn't matter. There's some Not video that. there. I, I haven't looked at it enough to make it a, uh, an opinion on it, but our mutual friend thinks there was a bad call. But Maybe, maybe he should, should have watched the second game, as in, the second game in the series because I believe the score was like 22 to 9. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the ticker for that. <laughs> um, and the misery continued. And the misery I, continues. But after this, it, I I'll live through that. y'all. I'll live through y'all on the rest of the college baseball because basically I'm, I'm sportsless now until college football starts. Can't watch the Orioles nor probably what I want to with how great they are well, these days. 
and Did then catch- um and then college baseball i'm not really like if duke was involved i would care but i don't really care about the rest of it oh. and softball's over tonight so i guess it's if the office reruns nothing's wrong with that if you get <laughs> if you ever catch if you do get to catch any of the game for virginia tech one of the two hopefully just two games um there's actually a relief pitcher on their roster for my hometown. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so I'll be another reason to pay more attention and root. Like I said, go Hokies. And Dustin, you don't have to worry about college sports because as I saw on Twitter today, um, they used the image of Emeka Mezzi catching the game-winning touchdown in overtime against Carolina, where Ryan was present with me at Carter-Finley Stadium. There's 86 days until... Uh, that's his jersey number, people. 86 days until college football season starts. So Woo-hoo! do not let your heart be troubled. College football is on the way. All right, so Can moving I, in. Uh, go ahead. One thing, because I looked it up. So they beat... Maryland beat Long Island 23-2. to However, they did lose to UConn 10-5. So I got the scores back mixed up and I did go look it up. If you lose the game 10 to five, it didn't get sold. It's the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. If, it, if it's one on run and, and bottom of the, the ninth and that kind of, you know, that's different. But, or, yeah. or if you just don't even play, but you know, that's a top, <laughs> that's a topic for another day. <laughs> oh my God. Or for I, a recurring theme on our podcast. I will die before I stop bringing this up because it was so ridiculous. Like we didn't even play. Anyways, that's enough about college baseball. All right. So I know that the other guys on the pod are big fans of this guy. He had let, uh, had a very, very popular TV show. I don't have enough to say about him to be able to do it justice. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan to talk about the next topic. Okay. Um, be fair, Logan. And I actually put this in my notes. I don't know that any of us can do this justice in a short period of time, um, but we'll try. We'll give it a shot because it's it's vaguely topical. We didn't have a po- we've only had a podcast since 2020. Um, yesterday marked four years. Uh, yesterday would be June 8th, just so everyone's aware. Normally we re- record podcasts on Thursday nights, and Wednesday, June 8th was. Uh, marked four years since the passing of Anthony Bourdain. Uh, he would have been 65. He passed away intentionally at his own hand um, in 2018 when he was 61. Uh, he definitely meant something to the three older members of this podcast. Um, in case you don't know what he was all about or or know, but might need a refresher, especially because it's been four years. Uh, he was very popular for his shows, and then also he came into the uh, he came into the public eye with the book. Um, his book was Kitchen Confidential. He also wrote two other books, Cook's Tour and The Nasty Bits. But if you were going to go pick up one, or if you wanted to read one to find out about who he was, uh, kind of before he got famous, Kitchen Conf- Confidential uh, is definitely the book to pick up and read. He was a chef. A second bet. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a chef by trade. And um, in the New York City area, um, and then he got picked up because of that book, and he had he got put on TV because he was such a uh, had such a unique personality and kind of sense mm-hmm. of the world. He had three shows: Cook's Tour, and the reason why I'm going through this is in case you want to look at these later, or if you want to pick up any of this stuff. Um, 
any of his books. So he had Cook's Tour on the Food Channel. He had No Reservations on the Travel Channel. And then he had Parts Unknown on CNN, which is where he became arguably the most famous, um, including having all sorts of high-profile guests on that show. It ran for, I believe, 10, if not 11 seasons on CNN. Um, the other two ran for two or three apiece. So guys, let's jump into it. Uh, for the, uh, Logan already kind of mentioned that he, he doesn't have a connection to this, but obviously the three of <coughs> um, Is there a reason for the personal connection? Do you guys have any thoughts off the top? Or do you have a favorite show or shows? And we can just dive right into it, whether that's outside the South or within the South. You know, I tell you, for me, it was a, we had a good day, bad day in between, you know, so, you know, turning on the TV and just hearing him poetically talk about a place he was at, and how he could have gone to St. Louis and made it sound great as hard as that can be. Um, <laughs> I still wouldn't go if he told me to go there, but, um, you know, it yeah. just hearing him, exactly, hearing him talk about the local things and just you know tell you don't go to the chain places stay at the odd stay at that odd hotel that uh you wouldn't normally do go to that one odd restaurant and, and order that beer and, and a, all by yourself you know it just he always made you want to get outside of your skin and enjoy life um that's that's what it did for me. And one, I think one of my favorite ones that I found that he didn't do that many episodes of was the uh, the 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 layover series that he did. Yeah, where it's like you know, um, if you ever laying over in a city for more than twenty four hours, you know, here are things you can do. And one of them that he did was San Francisco, and I watched that a bunch of times actually before I went on my San Francisco trip. Uh, was it two thousand sixteen? Yeah, yeah, 2016, and uh, had I not watched that show, I would have not known anything about the Tonga Room in the uh, basement of the Fairmont Hotel in uh, San Francisco. And that, that place, if you're ever in San Francisco, you've got to go there. Happy hour at the Tonga Room. It's, it's, it's basically they turned the old pool into a restaurant lounge, uh, kept the pool full, full of water as a floating bandstand out there in the middle of it where a little tiki band will play and it has uh, every so often rainfall comes down over the pool with like thunderstorm sounds and the drinks <laughs> oh my god Whew. those those tiki those tiki uh specialty drinks that they have i think it's like four or five maybe i think it was four ones that you could pick from jesus man do not have one of those by yourself. Split it with another person because I don't care who you are. It will knock you off your feet. But anyway, sorry, going off on a tangent there with that one. Uh, it just, it, that, that show on, it made me, it made me want to go and travel, even though I never really did as much. And I wish I had done it more, but you know, kids get a little bit older. I definitely will jump back into that again. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed just watching the show. One, he's curious. He was a curious guy, so he was just interesting. Like, because he liked mm -hmm. to, he really liked to like have. Uh, uh, he had interesting conversations with people. Yeah, like when his it, it, his show really wasn't a food 
show or it, it, it may have started out that way but it turned into not really a food show it was more like a, a people and places show and yep. it was like stories and he was telling stories and that's i th- i mean people respond to story and respond to culture and that's why I, I think he had so much success and he was a good storyteller he was good at yeah. picking out pieces because i'm sure they had tons of footage and things they could talk about right but he had to cut it down into something that three of us would sit down for 45 minutes to an hour and, and watch. So he was really good at that. Um, he was, he kind of like, he was real about who he was. You know, he was, he liked to drink too much and smoke too many cigarettes and, um, and, you know, like he, he liked good food, but he also was all about, you know, it didn't have to be Michelin star. It, 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 good food meant lots of things. To him. Um, so he, he was just, he was just interesting to to listen to and learn from. He went to a lot of places I'm never going to go to just, you know, I'm not, he was an extensive traveler to an ex, you know, I would never be able to recreate what he did, but he did. He allowed you to go there through his shows and to keep up with it. It was a great, like, and it came on, the CNN show came on on Sunday nights, which was a great sort of like you're at the end of the weekend watching it. It was a it was a very like it was a perfect time slot for him. Um, I don't know if there were any particular shows that just like were way. I would say this is way better or not better, but obviously places I've been to or care about were were more interesting, like him going to Charleston or Nashville or or like the fact that we went to to Max Club Deuce and that was a place that he went to by we i mean me and angle broke off uh on a miami trip and went off that way and a couple of our buddies went a more traditional miami way <laughs> and um and where did we you know, break off where did we break off from for the we broke off from a chain restaurant tjf right <laughs> we're like we don't want to do this so we're going to do something different we didn't mean um, to, stumble, to stumble into that place but we did yeah so just but that's that's what he that's what he did though he he made you want to go and seek out the odd and unusual places in any city that you're at, you know. Yeah. Anytime you went there, like, okay, what am I normally going to do? I'm going to go to this char- bar chain restaurant or the 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 safe place. But he makes you want to go out and go. Well, you know what? Tonight, let's go to that that dive bar that's around the corner that might be weird and unusual and interesting. Yeah, let's go to the troll bar under the bridge at the river. Yeah, and yeah, the troll toll. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real bar. In the real place, we went to the troll bar to get to the boy's soul. <laughs> we met at that bar. We met like the USAC, like midget champion, which is a real. It's a it's a kind of racing. We she had just gotten back from like Knoxville Nationals or something. She had pictures on her phone of like Kyle Larson and like. Uh, Chase, uh, Chase Elliott, a bunch of other random people, and I was like, I didn't believe her up until she was showing us pictures. I think we ended up, I, well, I ended up talking to her for like forty-five minutes because I was interested. And the other guys were like, "This is this is why we come to these bars, and this is also why we don't come to bars." <laughs> <laughs> That's a real life story from Louisville, the Troll Bar, directly next to the KFC Young Center. So that's yep. just the dichotomy of 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 Bourdain right there. We left. The KFC Home Center to go to the Troll Bar. Basically underneath the 2013 National Championship banner. 
Yeah. That's the toll you have to pay. <laughs> when you said that he didn't, uh, so one of the ones that stands out to me is when you said that he didn't have to have everything be five-star. He was thoroughly uh, thrilled to go hang out with Thomas Keller at the French Laundry. Um, for those that don't know, that is like the pinnacle of a lot of people would consider that to be uh, maybe not. I mean, look, I'm not going to say I'm Mr. Chef over here. I'm not. But um, it's it's right up there. If you can get a if you can get a rest or a reservation there, you know you're doing pretty well for yourself. You may not be eating at the pinnacle restaurant on the globe, but uh, it it certainly beats Fridays. And uh, he was he was pretty he was pretty uh, blown away when he got to go meet some of these chefs. He never considered himself to be a super awesome chef, and I think to your point about him knowing who he was, um, he never claimed to be. Uh, but he also, one of the ones that stands out to me is the Charleston episode where he went to Waffle House with Chef oh, Sean. Yeah. Um, Sean Brock opened Husk. Uh, you haven't been to Charleston, you don't know Southern food or haven't heard about it. Um, Husk is a, is a very well-known place. Again, it's Southern food. Um, Sean Brock's also gone on his own journey. I think I've talked a little bit past about him. He also has gone on his own journey with being a workaholic and having that have a severe physical impact on his life. And it's interesting to watch the two of them work together. Bill Murray makes an appearance as Bill Murray always tends to do in random ways with the Charleston River Dogs. It's just a fun episode, but if you want to see a chef uh, who's used to five-star and eats at five-star establishments in this show at Husk, also go just enjoy the ever-living shit out of a meal. Go watch that episode where he's eating at the Waffle House. Uh, the Seduct, they used to refer to it as food porn. The seductive nature of the way they serve the, you know, like I don't remember the by heart, but the grilled cheese coming apart slowly and the music <laughs> in the background. And again, if you're watching this on Sunday night, some of us I understand have kids, but uh, you know, this show's been on since 2002, so not always on Sunday nights, but it's been on for a minute. And uh, if you might have been in the tank a little more than you could have maybe taking a little after Tony's ghost more than you should have on a Sunday night and you're watching grilled cheese get pulled apart. I can tell you there was more than one trip sponsored to the fridge by parts unknown. Um, <laughs> so I ever looked, if you know me and I ever looked overweight in my photos, there's a good reason that uh, Sunday night might've had something to do with that. Or maybe when I was watching reruns on a Tuesday. So uh, definitely wasn't Jerry Allen. So it was, it was Anthony Bourdain. Well, <laughs> so that, I guess that brings me, I actually, I, I must admit, um, I was a little late to the party. I actually discovered him in 2013. Um, so I had a lot of catching up to do because he'd had a show on for 20 years. And uh, my roommate introduced me to the book and I started paying attention to the show because it was readily available and there were so many back episodes that I could catch up on. I will admit to you that I was in between jobs as a bartender and uh, I've been working back at the house at a restaurant. So it was a perfect fit for me. I was used to the pirate ship of mis miscreants and misfits that work in a restaurant. And that's kind of where I'd come from my life for the past, I'd say, five to 10 years, especially working in hospitality before that. And uh, I was sitting around on the couch and I'm, I weirdly looking, I only thought of this tonight. Uh, I haven't thought of this before, but I was sitting around on the couch and I was waiting for the job that I now have and I've still held since 2014 to start which is the job that has paid me very well and has allowed me to travel around 
to a lot of different cool places and do a lot of different cool things. I was basically waiting for that to start, but I couldn't take another job in the meantime. I had nothing to do. So I had like two months of just sitting down alone while my other roommates went to work and like lived normal, decent lives. And I was sitting around like a bum, uh, waiting for this job to potentially start, you know, having a bum groceries and drink out of boxed wine, you know, at a, at a ratioed rate and everything else. Cause I didn't, I couldn't afford my bills. And here I am watching a chef who, uh, who, uh, is basically getting thrust into the limelight and getting to travel around the world. I guess I didn't make a connection there, but uh, perhaps that's why I um, appreciated that. And then when you guys were talking about watching stuff late at night or Morgan hearing his voice, there's one story that stands out to me and it's recent. Um, I don't, I will admit, I don't remember this, uh, but I went to Chapel Hill amongst other places for Thanksgiving. One of the first, it's one of the few Thanksgivings I've spent apart. Um, I went to, I purposely picked the place that I would be, feel at home, even though I was on the road because I wanted to, I knew I'd be away from my family. And when, um, we got, and I was going to see Logan the next day. That's why we were in Chapel Hill, uh, for the game that he already mentioned. And, um, I, I, I know for a fact on Thanksgivings, cause I've seen this in the past when I've gone to in-laws that they always do episodes of, um, of him throughout the day, throughout the night. Um, and I knew, even while I was sitting at the Carolina Inn and doing some other things, it wasn't the Thanksgiving that I necessarily wanted, but almost like a trusted friend, I knew that when we got back to the hotel, I could turn, I knew he was gonna be on and I could turn him on and I could feel a little bit at home because I was traveling and seeing new experiences and doing new things, but in the process of doing so, I was having to go away from my family and I was having to do things that I wouldn't necessarily have wanted to do. Um, and I, I, that was comforting to me. And, uh, I guess, I guess my wife said that she came out of the bathroom and I passed out and I passed out to the sound of his voice within like 30 seconds of just being comfortable and happy. And she said, she just let the episode play till the end and just kind of like, let me fall off to sleep. So if there's a, if there's a personal connection or if there's something around, uh, based on him, that's, that's like, I guess what he means to me, but I'm, I'm, I bet it, he also means something similar to other people, the comforting tender voice that was sarcastic as fuck and definitely <laughs> a, uh, uh, a duality, a devil and a, uh, a good person at the same time. Definitely a champion of the underdog for sure. Um, I've done a lot of reading and I've done a lot of listening uh, after he passed because he meant a lot to me and uh, from the people that were closest to him. So these aren't necessarily all my opinions, but stuff that I've been able to piece together after the fact. Um, I was, to be honest, I was a little curious how somebody who had so many experiences in their life. I, I had been running from the get-go um, when I got that new job and I was trying to experience everything I possibly could because I was convinced I was gonna get fired at any second. They were gonna find out you know, what a loser or what an F up I was. So I was trying to fit as much epic stuff as I could with my girlfriend and now wife into our life as I could. And so when he passed, it kind of shocked me that perhaps maybe um, having all the experiences in the world isn't everything it's cracked up to be. And maybe you can run as fast as you can from yourself, but uh, kind of similar to that Roy comment from earlier, you still kind of have to go look at yourself in the mirror. And no matter how fast you're running, you kind of can't outrun yourself. So. I kind of started to read about him because that, that thought and it kind of made me think twice. And uh, apparently the people that knew him said that he was a completely different person 
on the TV show than he was around his crew. I thought that, that was really interesting. That um, and the way I think that it's fair to say on this podcast without saying that uh, we're the same by any means is that what you sometimes see on this show or what we sometimes edit for the content for this podcast is definitely completely different from what the four of us talk about around a campfire, which may explain why we've never done a podcast at the Bay House or around a campfire or anything else. And it's not because we're <laughs> a bunch of miscreants and assholes, although we kind of are. It's, and I'll speak for all of us, hopefully, when I say that, but it's more that, that we try and edit it because we want to either showcase somebody else or pitch a narrative or something like that. So you're not getting the full version. And we all do this, whether it's social media or anything else. So I think it's only fair to say that um, his edits definitely well intentional were kind of interesting to me because they definitely focused on the other dogs or sorry, the underdogs. We mentioned how good of a listener he was. He often got people to open up to him by talking to them first, but we never got to see that him talking about himself. We only ever got to see what they had to say. And he had a short, a short attention span, which is something I can relate to. Um, and uh, for sure. And um, he knew that talking about himself and having opinions and being miserable about the world or being miserable about where he stayed or just coming up with crappy, sarcastic stuff to say about where he went wasn't going to keep him happy and it wasn't going to keep the viewer happy. So he wanted to interview others because he knew that that was like a, basically a renewable energy source that we never get before. So I don't know. The only other thing I would say is that uh, I can relate for sure, because I feel like I've been given so much with what I have currently and with what I, uh, like the way, the way my life has turned recently. And so I feel like I have to give back and I don't, trust me, I don't feel like I'm doing it on this podcast necessarily, but, uh, you know, just trying to help in other ways that are not public. And, um, um, I feel like he was trying to do that too, for sure. And I know he was from reading different things and I'll, I'll cite my sources at the end, but, um, I think he had a guilty conscience that I think some of us can relate potentially to that, especially if we feel like we've been given a lot more than we deserve or what we earn. Um, he was definitely an addict in that he was a sensation junkie and he was all constantly going to new places and constantly checking out new stuff. Super curious. There's so many different cool places if you're interested in where he went in the South. He went to the Mississippi Delta. He went to Miami multiple times, went to Charleston. Hell, I dragged our friend group, which we've talked about in the past, to a, a bar in South Beach um, just because I knew that he stayed there and I was hoping maybe he would be there. He wasn't, so I was on the hook for $100 worth of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we, mentioned sure. <laughs> we mentioned Charleston, Nashville, Texas. He went to Marfa uh, right, right before he passed away, which for anyone that knows about Red Dirt or Miranda Lambert, it's pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting place. The intersection of, yeah. I didn't know he went to Marfa. That's interesting. Intersection of minimalism and art and all sorts of different things from back in the day and UFOs, all sorts of interesting stuff. And he went, he loved New Orleans. He went to New Orleans a lot of times. So if you're interested, you could definitely go check out those. Um, to go back to the sensation junkie, I'll tell a personal story and then I'll shut up. Um, when it comes to food, I was joking with my wife about this. She sometimes will say, like, you know, you don't have to personalize everything. And my thought process is, I'm going to spend my time watching it or being passionate about it. And it has to be personal for me, just the way I am. 
And so I appreciated that he was passionate about food and curious about stuff. So for example, whether it's a beach music festival or spicy red hot dogs, or you're sitting around the campfire, probably the most telling uh, Ryan Engel an annoying thing that I could do is you guys gave me a red hot dog. I've never had one before in my life. And I'm sitting there and I take a couple bites of it. Well, I have gout, mind, mind you. So this is the, like the worst thing I can eat. <laughs> I don't care. I'm still just so curious. I have to try it. And I bite into it. And I'm like, I literally look at you guys. I don't know if you remember this. And I go, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I go, is it supposed to do something? Like, talk about like a sensation junkie. Like, I'm like, it, it's just a hot dog. Oh, I can, I, it's just red. Like, like that wasn't good enough. Like, it had to, you know, like, it's also day. salty. <laughs> like, and like, it's red. <laughs> I would be the worst kind of person to be on his show because I would just be like, is this it? Like, oh, oh wait, we're on camera. Sorry. Uh, anyways, more about you. <laughs> so, I don't know. I appreciated the show. I've talked too long about it. I, uh, I, uh, I hope he realized what he did and how he impacted people. And I hope he realized that people cared about him. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's often hard for people to see what they mean to other people. So I'll just say, if you, you can show that to somebody else, you should. I know we always hear that when somebody passes away or does something like that. But if, if you can, um, if you can show that you you mean something to somebody else, or they mean something to you, you should you should definitely show them. And um, let's all try and be a little more authentic, even if that means we talk too much about our vices or we we chase the things we shouldn't, because it can be a good lesson to others. And uh, I don't know. I talked for a minute, and I told you guys to butt in. Cause I knew I was going to do this <laughs> and you did it. So do you have anything else that you guys want to say? Cause I could do two hours on Anthony for one episode that, uh, another episode that I really, um, that was a, a good one to watch was when he revisit Providence town mass. Oh uh, yeah. To visit, revisit his old stomping grounds where he got his first, you know, as they say, cut, cut his teeth with uh, cooking and then where he also had his first experience with, with that and how he just, he walked by the old beach house that he, you know, he used to live in as a young, young and, and getting involved in all that. And just hearing him talk about all that was a uh, pretty, pretty, pretty uh, hardcore, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was like that with that, but. You could tell him as he was talking about it. It just was a lot for him to go back there and visit that. Yeah. He was definitely an addict and he didn't make any bones about it. Um, Whether or not that addiction jumped to his work uh, is up for debate. But I said I'd cite my sources. If anyone wants to uh, go check out well, if anyone wants to go read any more on this, clearly his shows are online. Um, that's uh, but no reservations, parts unknown, and I'm missing the third one. Layover. Layover, and there's another one. Give me a second. I closed it out early. Um, and then I was going to cite other places where people could go. Um, 
well, there's a post, I don't know how you say this, posthumously, posthumously. There's been a couple of books that have been written. There's a biography by Lori Woolover. Um, if you want to read that, she was very close to him and his personal accountant. Um, I don't think these are people, by the way, I'll just say this. I, I can't speak for their, I don't know them at all. I don't know their heart, but I don't think these are people that are trying to make money off of this. I could be wrong. No, there's, a book, there's a book that I just finished by his longtime producer who was with him for just under 20 years, uh, Tom Vital, called In the Weeds. That's a very deeply personal book. I'll read, but it's a great book. Um, it's where I got some of my thoughts tonight. Uh, there's the World Travel Anthology. If you just want a cool coffee table book and you want to know all the places he went, and it, by the way, you also want to index, that's a great place to go. Incidentally, the South Beach Hotel is in there. Um, Which one is this? Uh, you're putting me on the spot. It was the Southern Spotlight. It's uh, the Raleigh. No, the Raleigh. no, you're talking about the, the book or whatever. It's called World Travel Anthology. Um, I didn't write down the author. So Lori will sure, over... If you Google it, you'll find it. Yeah. World Travel Irrelevant Guide. There you go. Book by Anthony Bourdain and Lori Woolever. Who did the biography too, yeah. So there she she did two different books. One is like an index of his travels and one is a book about him. Tom Vital does the book about um called In the Weeds, and he's the longtime producer. He's done a couple podcasts that are hard to listen to, but um they're good to listen to, I think. And then obviously his shows are available everywhere. You want to know where I got my thoughts, or if you want to know where the the uh, shows we watched, or why we're talking about it, or why we're excited, um, there you go. Well, I guess. You leave this with a quote from Anthony Bourdain on uh, traveling. Travel changes you as you move through this life in this world. You change things slightly. You leave marks behind, however small, and in return, life and travel leave marks on you. Damn true. All right. For this this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan Dustin Ryan. We will see you next week.